had come out of the United Kingdom and beyond conference. Had a great time. Thank you for your prayers once again. And we managed to make our way to a part of Greece known as Santorini. How many of you have been there? Okay, we were there. There's a photo coming up. There you go, that's Santorini. Pretty packed place, isn't it? And you'd like to know I had health food there. There's some Greek salads <laughs> that I thoroughly... something. Anyway, <laughs> I ate them. So it's 9.30 at night, and I got to my room, and I thought, well, let's just open up the Bible for a few minutes, for a while. So I got the scriptures out, and uh, I was just following the soul food reading. I was a bit behind, but I was into Corinthians somewhere. Began to read it, and the verses were just, take that photo down, <laughs> alive. The scriptures were alive. When I say alive, I mean alive. They were speaking. And uh, verses that would, I'd read, and they just wouldn't normally mean a lot. They would be good verses, but like for one, one of them was, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And it's like the Holy Spirit said, do you get that? God was in Christ reconciling the world? And it just like exploded within me. It was just one verse. And then a few verses later, I'd, I'd read another verse like, you know, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. It's like the Holy Spirit says, do you understand that? Do you, do you get what that means? It's like my life. You know, the lights have all gone on, you know. And so I just kept reading. And uh, so it was 9.30 and I kind of got to about 10.20 or something like that. And you know, I was starting to think, well, you know, maybe a few more minutes, I'll turn the light out. And I got to 10.30 and the, the, the scriptures just stayed alive. And I thought, this is amazing. Then I suddenly, suddenly dawned on me I was having an encounter with God <laughs> through his word. And so I thought, well, let's just read on a little bit longer. And again, another verse. And then another verse was just, it was like my life was being changed. You know how this talks about in Corinthians about, you know, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord were being transformed. Like, this is a mirror. And I was like, almost like I was being changed as I was reading this thing. And I thought, wow, this is quite extraordinary. And so I got to 11 o'clock and I'm thinking, man, this is, how long is this going to keep going for? And then I made a decision at 11 o'clock, I'll keep reading until God stops speaking. I finally turned the lights off at 11.40. It had been an amazing time. And as I reflected on it, what I realized was this, that the Holy Spirit, who is a person, had drawn near. And he wanted to spend time with me. He wanted to speak to me. He wanted to share some things with me. And I had to make a decision that I'd give him the time he wanted until he was finished. It's a bit like when you're with a friend and you're talking away. And you know they really got some things to say to you. You don't suddenly halfway through, I say, look, I've got to go now. You know, especially if you don't have to. You hang in there and wait. 
And I was reminded of Moses at the burning bush. When the, he saw the bush burning and he knew something was happening. But the Bible makes it clear, nothing happened until he took the time. Everyone say time. Until he took the time to go across to the bush and kind of examine what's going on here. And then he receives a massive call from God. We need to learn to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. And he really does want to spend time with us, to speak to us and talk to us. I want you right now just to acknowledge in your own heart and just say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here with me right now. Just do that. Just do that. Because as you learn to do that 50 times a day, guess what? He's going to turn up increasingly in your life. He really is. It's as simple as that. It's not complex. This is not complicated, friends. You just have to keep welcoming him. See, 2 Corinthians 13 14 says, May the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Two words stand out for me there. The word fellowship, we all understand what fellowship is. And all, be with you all. This is for everybody in the room. <laughs> this is not for a few super saints. This is for every one of us. We can have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We can spend time with him and he will speak to us and talk to us just like you would with another person. So a couple of days later, as I said to you, my trip overseas was a time of encounters. A couple of days later, I got up in the morning, and this time I'm praying. And this time, prayer is real easy. It's like, God, you're just here. It's not intense, but it's, it's real. You know what I mean? So I was just praying for a few things, and as I kept praying, the presence stayed. The Holy Spirit just stayed with me, and he led me in my prayers. It wasn't a list of prayers this time. It was, you know, just I felt to pray for this, and I felt to pray for that, and I prayed for the other thing. And again, the Holy Spirit just stayed with me. And so I thought, well, I'm, I've got time. I'm on holiday. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep praying until it seems like the Holy Spirit has said and done and prayed through me the things he wants to do. So. And so I prayed for a good length of time, and uh, maybe a few hours. And the reason I say that is not in any way to look at me. The reason I say that is because this is possible for every one of us. And I'm just setting a bar for you of what is possible for you. You see, one of the biggest lies of the devil that he ever throws at you is he says, well, no, you, you, you can't really pray much or for long. And, you know, you can't really stay in the Word for more than 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 minutes. That's a lie from the pits of hell, friends. Of course you can. How many of you know you have the same Holy Spirit as I have? Is that right? You have the same Jesus as I have. If I can do this, so can you. We can all do this. It's a, it's a bit like going to the gym. You just got to exercise that muscle. You know, you might start with 10 minutes a day, but hey, why don't you go to 15? After you got 15, go to 25, go to 40, whatever it is. As, you know, as time permits, I know some of you are busy and you got to get to work at certain hours and that. I understand all that. But the Holy Spirit 
really does want to become much more real in your life. See, we're in a season of the Holy Spirit presence. It's, it's not a season that's going to finish, by the way. And so what I believe is going to happen, it, you know, as, it's, as I've told you, it all started on the Father's Day when the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, came in a, in a definite way. And um, if you've not heard that message, please, you, you just got to hear it. It was just significant. And, and so God came, the Holy Spirit came in a special way. And since that time, I've felt, even in our services, the Holy Spirit presence is just increasing as we go. And I'm finding in my own life, it's increasing. Um, so my relationship with God today is significantly closer to God than it was a month ago or three months ago. It's, it's an ongoing development, but God has started something. I think we're going to see that um, presence increase more and more and more and more. When I was in the Salvation Army, um, one of their captains came up to me after a prophetic word for me. So I was out there getting prophecy. Oh, it's fantastic. And uh, the guy said, uh, in your services, he said, you're going to start to find people are going to be healed with no one praying for them. It's going to be during the worship. It's going to be during the preaching. Things are going to happen, and God's going to start touching lives. See, the Holy Spirit presence, friends, is going to increase and increase and increase and increase and increase. And as that happens, God's going to do some amazing things. So John 16, verse 7, 7 says, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. So Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to help us. Help us what? Help us live the Christian life he's called us to live. How many of you realize that in your own strength and energy and willpower, you can't live the life God wants you to live? You can't deal with that anger and that frustration and the lack of patience and the need for long-suffering and kindness. You just can't do it. You can't share Christ with other people. That's why the helper has come, the Holy Spirit. But we've got to ask him to help us all the time. You've got to continually invite him to help us. And one of the reasons that many Christians struggle is because they're trying to live the Christian life in their own strength. Zechariah 4 verse 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I believe we need a fresh baptism of power. I really do. We need a God to come upon us like never before so we can live the life he's called us to live. And I'm saying to God, God, I can't do this in my own strength. I can't do it with the measure of the spirit I have now. I need a fresh infusion of the Holy Ghost. I need more of your power. I say, God, fill me. Fill me to overflowing that I can be the Christian you have called me to be. And so you can be the Christian God has called you to be. And I think that's one of the prayers that we need to see increase more and more in our lives. You see, in the Old Testament, the focus was more the Father. In the Gospels, it changes to more Jesus. <laughs> but in the book of Acts and the epistles, it becomes more the Holy Spirit. And that makes perfect sense because the Father's in heaven. Jesus came. He's back in heaven. But the Holy Spirit, he's still here. He's still with you. He's still, with, he's still around to be the one who will help us. So he is a person. And the Holy Spirit in the Bible is referred to as he, as him, and never as it. He's not a force as such or just an influence. He's a person. Like the Father, and like the Son, He is a person. Right now, acknowledge the Holy Spirit is with you.
Go and just do it. It's the key. When you do it, some of you are going to start to really feel them. Before, before I'm finished, you're going to really start to think, wow, he's right here. He's right here. It's one of the reasons <laughs> whenever I get into the car, and usually no one else is with me, maybe Adrian's with me, I start to pray straight away. Without fail, I pray. One of my prayers is, Holy Spirit, <laughs> come on. Let's talk. Let's pray. I've been going to pray about some things. So last night I'm going to my nephew's 50th birthday. So just driving down, got into the car, going to the motorway, and I said to Adrian, the best thing about this 50th is my time with God in the car on the way there and back. <laughs> and it's true. So I got in the car and started praying. Oh, my goodness. Just the Holy Spirit. Speaking through me, praying through me. And, uh, you know, the sad thing is you have to stop the car and get out and <laughs> do other things. But then I got back in the car and I was, you can do that. Okay, why don't you do it? Is there some reason not to do it? What else are you going to do? Sit in the car and what? Yell at the other people cutting across you and, you know, letting your mind go all over the place and think about all your problems. Uh, look, if, you, if you just start it, It'll change your life. It's very simple, very practical. This is not complicated, friends. You know, but uh, anyway, that's a throwaway line there. So, <clears throat> John 16, 13 to 40. I want you to, this is going to come up here, and I want you to count how many times does it say he. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. It says he eight times. <laughs> that's, that's in two verses. Eight times in two verses. I think God's trying to tell us something. The Holy Spirit is a person. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the person next to you, the Holy Spirit is a person. Mm. <laughs> Are you getting this? Is it making sense? All right. Because that's the starting point. If you don't recognize that he's a person, it's really hard to develop a relationship with him. Right. You can't fall in love with a force. <laughs> well, some people do, I guess. Uh, you know, or for an influence. You, you can't talk to a force or an influence or an it. You can only talk to a person. And you don't expect an, uh, an influence to speak back to you. You don't expect a force to speak back to you, but you do expect a person to speak back to you. So he is a person. So as a person, he has a mind. Romans 8, 27, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He has emotions, Romans 15, 30, the love of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit can love you. He speaks, Acts 13, 2, the Holy Spirit said, a force does not speak, <laughs> an influence does not speak, only a person can speak. He can be grieved, Ephesians 4, 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So what is he like? Let me tell you. John 14, 16. I pray the Father, he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The word helper there, or is that the word another, is in the Greek alos, A-L-L-O-S. Do you know what it means? It means just like me. In other words, Jesus saying the Holy Spirit is just like me. He will do in my absence what I would do if I were physically present with you. 
So think of the Holy Spirit just like Jesus, a person, real, who speaks and who wants to talk to you. So some, for some people, the idea of the Holy Spirit being a person is kind of like, wow, that's way out there. I'm just giving you some tips of how you can start to develop this. For me, of course, as you know, it started in 1993 when the Holy Spirit made himself so real as a person. It was a, changed my life forever. And that's where it all began. So I'm in Athens again. But this time I'm at the Acropolis. So it's going to come up there. There we go. There's me. I'm overshadowing the Acropolis. But anyway, there you go. I was there. So I was just wandering up and, you know, we're walking up to the Acropolis. And as we're walking, I'm just talking to the Holy Spirit. I'm saying, oh, look, this is, this is great. You know, thank you for being here. Thank you for being with me. You know, I'm interested in the Acropolis, but I'm actually far more interested in you, Holy Spirit. And so I said, uh, Holy Spirit, anything you want to say? Kind of like he said, yes, there is. And then he spoke to me and said, I won't mention what it is. He said, there's a nation that's calling you. Oh, wow. It was just amazing. He's so real, friends. He's a person. And he wants to become real to you in ways that you have not experienced before. Because what I've found is that his reality in my life is just increasing and increasing and increasing, and it's just amazing. It really is amazing. Do you, do you know this, that in life, no other pursuit will ever satisfy? God's created you in such a way that nothing you pursue will ever satisfy you, apart from God himself. When you have God, you have everything. When you don't have God, you have nothing. And so people have these goals and ambitions and bucket lists and all the rest of it. Guess what? They do it all, it leaves them empty. It just does not satisfy. I was talking to Adrian. We had a fantastic time at the Salvation Army. And I thank God for it, and I really appreciate it. But does it satisfy? No. It can't. God won't let it satisfy. Otherwise, that's what I'd chase with the rest of my life. He won't let it satisfy. I had a person, a friend of mine, spoke at Hillsong. Thousands of people. He said after it finished, he thought, is that it? Is that it? See, it can't satisfy, friends. Nothing can satisfy. Only God. So here's my recommendation. Make him the goal of your life. <laughs> Make him the single, solitary, most powerful goal. If you have a bucket list, put it top of the list that I might know him. In all his fullness and glory and splendor and wonder, that will satisfy you. Put aside your bucket list. Put aside all those goals that you have. Not saying they're wrong, but they're not going to do it, friends. Some people want to travel the world. It won't do it. I'm telling you, I've traveled half the world. It doesn't do it. Only God. Only God. And so increasingly, I'm finding in my life, my pursuit is God. Not ministry. Not building a church. Not even, in a sense, revival. My pursuit is God. Because if I pursue him, everything else will take care of itself. He brings the whole package. <laughs> you get the package deal. 
You can never move, you, you may ne- never have to move from your home, but if you find God enough, you'll be the most satisfied person on the earth. And the others are out there doing all the stuff. (laughs) But you're finding God, the thing that satisfies. The aching abyss in our hearts. So, you know, you don't have to be in church to hear the voice of God. You don't even have to be praying. You don't have to be at a prayer meeting. You can engage with God 24-7, anytime, place, anywhere. And sometimes the more relaxed you are, the more you can hear the voice of God, the more you can connect with Him. So don't limit this to, I've got to be in church. Hey, be in church, please. But it can actually happen anywhere. we just got to learn to tune in to His voice. Do you know the Holy Spirit speaking to you all the time or a lot of the time? We just don't hear it. Why? Because we're not tuned in. One of our problems is we have physical ears and spiritual ears. We just focus on the physical ears. What? What did you say? What? Tell me again. <laughs> then you learn to listen, don't you? And you know, if you know someone well enough, they can yell, yell at you from out in the street and you know who it is. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, you do. You know, your wife can call you from across the world as soon as you answer the phone. You know who it is because you know that voice. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. You can learn to develop and tune into the voice of the Holy Spirit. There was an American Indian and with a friend, they were, marching, they were walking down the streets of New York. And the American Indian said to this, uh, this American guy, he said, oh, can you hear that cricket noise? And the, the guy says, what are you talking about with all this commotion? How on earth can you hear that noise? He took them over to a drain pipe, and right there, sitting this cricket, and they could hear the noise of the cricket. And he said, how did you, how did you hear that noise? So he grabbed some coins out of his pocket, threw them on the ground. Immediately, 12 people turned around to see the money. And he said, the reason they did that is their hearts and ears were so tuned to the sound of money that in the midst of massive commotion, they could still hear the sound of money. What your heart's tuned to, you can hear. You tune yourself to the voice of the Spirit. You will hear it all the time. And not all the time, you'll hear it a lot. And I want to suggest most days you will hear the voice of the Spirit. And you know what the beauty of that is? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. If you're not getting a word from God or He's not speaking to you on a regular basis, you know, it's hard to live. It's hard to live. The voice of God is life. You know what to do. You know what He's saying. It gives you direction, all the rest of it. So it's really important that we tune in and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So let me just share with you a few thoughts on How to develop a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. The first one is treat him as a person. Just start to think of him as a person. Many mornings I'll get up (laughs) and I'll say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I'm not sure what he answers. Oh, not you again. Leave me alone. No, no, I don't don't know what he says, but I kind of like start there. And I just say, Holy Spirit, would you come? I I welcome you. you. I want you today in my life. So, it's, 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 how many of you reckon you could do that in the morning? Instead of yelling at the kids, or your wife, or your husband, or you're not getting mad at all the work you got, just say, good morning, Holy Spirit. It'll sound a bit wacky at first. I know that. Only because we don't realize he is a person. But if you do that, you're going to start a journey. See, can I repeat my quote? A journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. 
The first step for you might be, good morning, Holy Spirit. That's it. You may not do anything more the rest of the day, but do it another day and do it another day. I promise you, if you do it every day for a month, something's going to start to happen. Yeah. And, and the reason is this, is the Holy Spirit's incredibly sensitive. He's the ultimate gentleman. He will not come knocking on your door in case you're not ready for him. He'll never intrude on you. You have to welcome him. He's got to know that you so want him to come. When he knows that, he's going to start coming. But without that, he'll just leave you alone. Some say that the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, is the loneliest person on earth. Why don't you think about that for a minute? So the Holy Spirit's a person, okay? And he's with every Christian on the planet 24-7, all right? Let's say there's a, a billion Christians on the planet. I don't know how many there are. Let's say there's a billion. And he's with every one of them. Think about this. And most of them ignore him all the time. You think, oh, well, it's God. He can handle it. No, no, no. He's a person. What about you? Say if you have five or six people around you and all of them ignore you all the time, every day, never talk to you, and yet you're with them, you'd think, you'd go crazy, wouldn't you? Just think of the Holy Spirit as he feels ignored. And I've been guilty of this myself, seriously. But I'm learning that, oh dear, I don't want to keep doing this. See, the Holy Spirit, you know the reason he's going to come when you start to welcome him? He's desperate. He's desperate for friendship. He's desperate for fellowship. He so wants to spend time with you. Don't put it, the worst thing you can do from this message is put it in the too hard basket. Please don't do that because it's not that hard. It's not difficult. So the other thing to be aware of, time is going, uh, I was praying the other day, okay, and it's like, and you'll all have experienced this, I was praying the other day, and it's like there was the slightest, slightest sense of God. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It was nothing major, nothing major, it was just, it, I could, it was like the gentlest breeze, and if I just moved my head, it would have been gone. But I learned to recognize that he's just coming. And what you need to do when that happens, just acknowledge it, stay with it, and then often it will just increase a little bit more. So the second one, clearly, is spend time with him daily. It's like any relationship. You want a relationship with a person? There's only one way. There ain't two ways. Time. Everyone say time. You've got to give him time. Okay? Right now, acknowledge and just say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're with me. Go and just do it. Because he actually is. <laughs> He actually is. He's right there with you, right beside you, in you, around you, everywhere. Ask him to help you to know him better because he's the greatest help on the earth. So spend time with him daily. And then the third thing, as I've already said, is welcome him because he's a gentleman. Now, number four, and I want to finish with this, is don't grieve him. He's referred to as a dove. A dove is clean, but a dove is also a very sensitive bird. So there was a British couple and their missionaries in Jerusalem. And they were very excited because this dove came to make its place in the eaves of the roof of their house. 
And they were really happy about that because they felt it was confirmation they were in the right place. But then they noticed something, that every time they banged the door, the dove would disappear. And every time they shouted at one another, of course that doesn't happen in West Auckland churches, but you know, overseas, whenever they argued, the dove would disappear. But they desperately wanted the dove to stay because of like confirmation, we're in the right place. So the husband says to the wife, either we adjust to the dove to keep him around or else he's just not going to be here. So they adjusted their lives. They changed their lives just to keep the dove around. How about you and me? What do we adjust our lives? Just to keep the Holy Spirit around. John 1.32, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. This is Jesus. Now, the Holy Spirit came on him. See, I know what it's like, and all of us do, the Holy Spirit to come upon us from time to time, all right? It's fantastic when it happens. But the difference between me and Jesus is he remained on Jesus. <laughs> but for me, he comes and goes. And what I'm trying to learn is how can I keep him more permanently with me, on me, in me, around me, so that he doesn't come and go like he does so much of the time. But he remained on Jesus because Jesus had learned how to not grieve the Holy Spirit. Jesus had learned how to live a life so the Holy Spirit could stay on him. But for me, friends, he doesn't stay long because I grieve him too often with my actions, my attitudes, my words. And so he kind of disappears. I've got to work hard at trying to get the Holy Spirit to come back because he's a person. He's easily grieved. Ephesians 4, 29 and 30, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I think the greatest sin, they say, of the church today in the West is grieving the Holy Spirit. And I suggest it's probably right. And a major way we do that is through our words. Our negative words, our critical words, grieve the Holy Spirit. And I know this is so real and so powerful because in a number of years ago, I was uh, flying out of Delhi Airport, and as a plane was lifting off, the Holy Spirit came on me. I'd had amazing encounters with God during that time, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me black and white, and I wish I'd listened a lot more than I actually have. And he said, Tate, you grieve me all the time. And I started crying. I thought, oh, goodness gracious me, what am I doing? He said, your words. Your words. They grieve me all the time. I thought, Jesus, help me. And I'm still having to ask him to help me with that one. You see, we can also quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, quench not the Holy Spirit. See, quenching is like extinguishing. It's like the Holy Spirit's like a fire. Quenching is like putting the fire out <laughs> or dampening the fire. So we quench. See, the quench is, quenching is what we do to the Holy Spirit. Grieving is what he feels when we do it. So we quench, and then he's grieved. So our words quench, our sin quenches. I'll tell you another thing that quenches the Holy Spirit. Unforgiveness, sin, unthankfulness, unkindness. Hey, the list is endless. Things that you and I do all the time. That's why we constantly, I think, 
quench the Holy Spirit. But we've got to learn, with his help, not to do that. And uh, he will help us to do that. So all Christians have the Holy Spirit with them, but not all enjoy his presence and power as much as they could. And I think one of the life's greatest challenges is one, to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but to learn what grieves him. Find out what grieves him. And that's so that he can stay with us and has increased his presence in our lives. We all want to live lives that please God. We all want to enjoy the company of the Holy Spirit because he is around us. Because when he's around us, friends, and with it, you don't, just don't know what he will do. Oh, he'll do some amazing things. He'll, you know, you may feel a strong presence. You may hear his voice. You may get a revelation. He may give you a wisdom. He might give you a breakthrough. You might get healing. You know, that you, whatever it might be, a relationship might be restored. It really is worth making the effort to welcome the Holy Spirit and learn not to grieve him. David Wilkerson visited this wonderful woman by the name of Basilia Slink. You may not have heard of her. And they said the moment you entered the room, you could feel the strong presence of God. And they asked, they discovered why. And the reason was that she loved the Holy Spirit so much. Anyone got in her presence, there he was. So as the musicians come, over the coming weeks, months, years, <laughs> the Holy Spirit presence and power is going to increase and increase and increase in our midst. With that, miracles will flow, souls will be saved, giants will be slain, mountains will be moved, you will enjoy victory after victory after victory, and in time, New Zealand will become the great land of the Holy Spirit. There will be a revival, and New Zealand will turn to Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the person of the Holy Spirit. We've got to learn to welcome Him, invite Him, engage with Him, talk to Him, and not grieve Him. And as we do that, His presence is going to so increase in our hearts, our lives, in our church. It's going to bring transformation to the church of West Church Unlimited, and then churches beyond that. And God will be able to do the amazing, incredible, fantastic things you and I dream of, long for, and desire. Many of us are facing problems, issues, struggles in our homes, our families, our kids, our health, and we're not able to get very far with it. And we wonder how long is this going to keep going on? Friends, what we need is a fresh infusion of the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need to welcome Him like we've never welcomed Him before. We need to invite him into our hearts, into our lives, into the church. We need to welcome Him. We need to ask Him to come because He is waiting. He is waiting in the wings, friends. He's waiting. He's longing. He's desiring. He wants to come like He's never come before. He wants to change your life. He wants to give you breakthrough. He wants to move mountains in your life. He wants to break addictions off you. He wants to set you free, restore your relationships. He wants to work miracle after miracle after miracle. He is the great Holy Spirit. We love Him. We welcome Him. And we say, come. Come like you've never, ever, ever come before. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Friends, He is the answer. He's the one on the planet. Jesus is gone. Father's in heaven. The Holy Spirit, He's waiting in the wings.
He's just waiting. He wants to come, friends. We invite him and welcome him. I know that he will come like never before because he's coming to me. Believe you me, friends. He's coming to me in ways that I didn't know was possible. What about let it rain? Can we do that? Open the windows of heaven. Let it rain. Let's go.